want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. We would really love it too if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy the message today. Yeah, so we knew you guys and gals would, gals, who uses that name very often? You, you guys and girls would be here this morning. We're, we're very happy. Um, being in Hobbs for a, a while now, the opportunity we have in a short amount of time that we get you. For USW, sometimes we may get you for four years. Uh, for uh, New Mexico Junior College, we may get you for two, possibly one. Some of you just six months. But one of the things that we're, we're, it's very important to us here at, at Cowboy Junction is that we just pray that whatever the season that you're here, that something gets deposited on your life on uh, the plans that God has for you. Okay, now, adults, everybody in the room, it, it's very important you are here today, too, because we're talking about this same subject. What does a good life look like? That's a great question. It's a question we've been asking for the last couple weeks, and, and today's no different. We wanted to bring this into our college weekend and ask this question. Now, if you ask several people, what does a good life look like, you're probably going to get several different answers, because everybody has their own opinion on what does a good life look like. However, the reason why this closed campus conversation is taking place is because we're looking at this through the eyes of of our Father in Heaven, okay? And maybe you're in this place and you have no relationship with God. You, 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 you haven't even... It's not a conversation you've even had in your life. I'd like to introduce you to some of the oldest literature on planet Earth in the whole conversation about this question. And the, the literature I'm referring to is the books of wisdom found in the Old Testament in the Bible. Uh, the, the Old Testament has three books that we're really looking at, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. These are referred to as the books of wisdom, and they are very old. They're ancient. And they're asking this question, and they're giving advice based on if we follow this chukmah, okay? And that's a, that's a powerful word. It's this word called chukmah. And, and I, I say chukmah because everybody on the front row gets spit on if I said it correctly, okay? So I'm going to back up, and I'm going to say it. This is the actual chukmah, okay? I think for southeastern New Mexico, that was pretty close. And my mouth, this funny little phlegm always pops to the top every time I do it. One day, I'm just if I preach on this chukmah too much, it's just going to, there's just going to be this big thing lobbed through the air. I promise. Yes, it's going to be horrible. The third row isn't even safe, okay? Okay, what is hukmah? What is hukmah? Uh, it is this old Hebrew word that means wisdom, but it doesn't mean wisdom, okay? It means creation, but it's, it's more than that. To put it all together, it's best described as hukmah is the very thread that God used to create the heavens, and the earth. It is the wisdom beyond anything we could ever know, but it's something that we see every day. It is the thread that holds it all together. It's a part of who you are. It's a part of whom I am. And it's so small, it can be only traced and looked at if you choose to look for it. Okay? And this word, chukmah, is wisdom that if 
you choose to go down the path that God made, it will lead to some things that you could never do in your own life on your own. This is the word that we've really been fascinated with and concentrated on in the question of what does a good life look like, okay? And the reason why we want to talk about this on college weekend, okay? And I think, I think today, especially after what happened last night, it gets your attention on just how short life could be. But even if your life is short, you can live a good life. The kind of life to where you look back and the things that come out of your life lead to more life in other people's life. Ever since I was little, I always thought I'd die young. I haven't told very many people that. Ever since I was a kid, I always thought I would die young. Right now, at 46 years old, I am living a lot longer than I ever thought I would have lived. 46 years old is ancient to me. I feel like an ancient old man. (laughs) I really do. I've never told... My mom's probably listening right now, and it's it's freaking her out. It's okay, Maggie, just chill, okay? But I always thought I'd live a, a, a short life. And that's why ever since I was 14, 13, 14 years old, I wanted to see the chukmah of our Father so that even if my life was short, I lived the best life I could because I could think of nothing greater than if you do it God's way, is there anything better than tapping tapping into the whole thread that He put the universe together in? And can you think of a better life than than that? Now, for all our college kids, and I'm going to point out our college kids today, but listen, for all the adults, I think this is something we all need to be reminded of, okay? There's a reason why I want to talk about this today, and here's the reason, okay? We want you to have the best life that you can. That's why today's such a big deal. Um, You're not the first group of college kids that's ever been through here. Did you all know that many, many years ago... Cowboy Junction was small. Man, we met in a cell barn. We met in a cell barn in Lovington, New Mexico on Monday nights. But one of the first outreach ministries, one of the first group of small groups that we ever built was with the college rodeo team at New Mexico Junior College. And I was doing rodeo ministry at the high school rodeos, and those kids were graduating high school and coming to New Mexico Junior College. And there was this old man in our church who just kind of got in rhythm with what we were doing, and his name was Tuffy Cooper. And I sat down with Tuffy one day, and we were eating together, and I said, I want to do something crazy. And he goes, I'm all about crazy. Let's do something crazy. And I said, I want, because buying hay for your horses is kind of a really big deal. And I said, I want to do one bell of hay per kid, per horse, every time they come to our college rodeo Bible study. Okay, so picture this. If you had three horses, but you came to college rodeo Bible study, you got three bells of horse, three bells of hay per horse per week. And most of you are like, Hey, horses, what the heck? Trust me, in, in cowboy lingo, they're going to pay for your hay. That's a pretty big deal, okay? We get truckloads of alfalfa dropped off, and, and that's how we started our college rodeo ministry. And it was so cool. But we asked this question, or we, we presented this question. Guys, do you know why we do this? Do you know why we do this? We do this because we want you. We're willing to buy hay so that you'll come. And I, we, we realize you're coming for hay, 
But quite possibly, at some point you go, you know what? Those crazy people bought me hay, but in the end it wasn't really about hay. They taught me something bigger than alfalfa. They, they taught me something greater. By the end of the week, we were out of hay. But I'm still living my life, and the words of everything I heard in that Bible study kept repeating itself over and over again, and I began to live the best life that I could. That's why we're here today. What does it look like to live a great life? Because everybody's got a definition, but let's, let's throw some what ifs. What if you had no regrets? What if you just begin to be intentional in the choices and the plans that God had for you, and you begin to choose that thread, that hukma in your life, and it led to, every since then, there hasn't been a lot of whoops. Wish I hadn't done it that way. Wish I got that one back. Uh, what does a good life look? Uh, to experience everything that God has created you for. You know how many people, adults and adults, I may need you to give a big amen here, you know how many adults that still don't know what their purpose is in life? Yeah, and it's just like, well, well, what, what if we just begin to say, God, I'm choosing you. I'm going your plan. I mean, honestly, if you're real, and I truly in my heart believe that you are, and I'm choosing you every day, and I want you, my hope is, my trust is, my faith is, that every great decision I need to make turns into everything that you ever wanted for me. And I know like right now you're thinking of her or you're thinking of him, okay? But it's bigger than that, way bigger. Let me just tell you real quick, she can wait. He can wait. And, and that's one of the cool things. God has so much more for you than the person you're going to marry, though that's a very important thing. That's a part of the hookmah. Okay, well, next one. What, what if in spite of all the things that are unknown. Why did this happen in my life? And what if this happens? And think of all the questions you have about life. The, the, Ecclesiastes calls it hevel, okay? It's the smoke of life. It's sometimes the hevel gets so thick you can't see right in front of you. So for some of you, you're going through a little hevel right now. It's like, why? Why? And even through it all, we can have a bunch of whys. But to constantly choose God's path puts us in a place to where even if I can't see five inches in front of me, I know that it's my Father in heaven who directs my steps. There have been times in my own life I didn't know how this was going to turn out. But I just kept trusting God the whole time. I'm going to show you one of my favorite scriptures here in a minute. It has a lot to do with trust. But the last and final thing, why, why, why having the kind of God... Of the God life that he wants us to have. To have you, can, you can have faith in God. Not faith in church. Let me just tell you, church is awesome. But when you get to heaven, they're not going to ask you what denomination you were. Yeah. I mean, come on. That, that's so true. It's like, I'm cowboy church. And Jesus goes, so what? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, all this has to do with not a personal relationship with your pastor. Though he's pretty awesome. <laughs> not a personal relationship with your church and not having a church bumper sticker on your car. We're talking today about chukma yes. and having faith in God to where you can turn and say, I don't know everything about everything. There's some things in my life I still have questions about. 
Um, there's choices that could totally lead to regrets, but every good choice I ever made in my life came from my growing in him. Let me show you a little bit about the growing. I truly believe there's landmarks to kind of identify where your faith in God might be. Here's four key ones I picked out, okay? There's exploring Christ. There's growing in Christ. There's being close to Christ. And then there's Christ-centered. Let me just show you this real quick. And when I talk about landmarks, you are somewhere on this landmark page, okay? And, And the first one is exploring Christ. I love exploring Christ. For everybody in the room that you're just trying to figure this whole God thing out, you, you've never really heard about God before, but you've kind of heard that there are people who believe in God. Um, maybe you're here today and you, you, your grandmother prayed for you. She took you when you were little. But you're just exploring. You're asking questions or you're hearing people around you ask questions and you're kind of, kind of echoing their questions. This is a great place to be. And let me just say this real quick. Every person who ever stepped out and told you about God, and you go, man, that's some cool faith, started here. Every person you ever met, that if, like, if you turned to them and said, do you believe there's a God? Is Christ the center of your life? They all didn't start there. They all started here. They had questions too. But I'm going to ask you to do something today. Just take a step. And I'm going to do it at the end. To, what if you begin to grow in your knowledge of Christ? What if you begin to just step out and just grow? Absorb everything about him. Get to know him more. What if it led to becoming close to Christ? Can you imagine you feeling so close to your God, your creator, that trust began to take place? And what if he just began to be the center of your life. And Christ-centered just basically means, let me give you my example, okay? I, I kind of feel like I have a Christ-centered life. There's not a thought that I don't think that doesn't involve him. There's not an action I don't do that I don't want to do without him. There's not a choice that doesn't involve him. There's not a, a desire I have that didn't come from him. And you say, well, that sounds weird. No, no, no. Honestly, you've had those kind of relationships in your life too, or I at least hope you have, to where there have been people so close to you, it's like they're kind of the center of my world. But now take that to the level, instead of it being a person, what if it was on the creator who made you level, and he began to express to you and show you who he is, and you actually began to trust him? That's called, okay, having a faith in God. Yeah. But this is the big turmoil. Because when we talk about faith in God, that's the one thing people don't want to talk about. But this is why it's a big deal, okay? Because this is the very thing that Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job says leads to a good life. Now, Proverbs says, make these choices. Choose God. It's going to end up in good. Trust me, trust me. Ecclesiastes jumps out and says, yeah, but how come bad things happen even if you make a good choice? Okay? And Job, oh my gosh, don't get me even started on Job, on a guy who was righteous and did the right thing. 
But then the legs were kicked out, out from underneath him. But he never lost his faith in God. And it is a story that will mess with you, but actually bless you and encourage you for the rest of your life. But here's why we bring up why this is the big issue. There are four generations represented in this room right now, and everybody hates everybody. Okay? Come on. Seriously. Just think about this for a minute. When it comes to some stuff, there's some folks in the room who are the boomers. Any boomers? Boy, the 830 crowd was full of boomers. I'm telling you. Yes. Uh, we, had, we had some boom boomers going on the 830 crowd. After the boomers, the Gen X. Any Gen Xers in the room? Everybody, everybody has forgotten about us. We were once the center of the world, and now nobody even knows we exist anymore. I'll get to that. Then you have the millennials, and you have the Generation Z. Here's the issue, is the boomers have seen things that everybody else hasn't seen. And we're not sure you guys saw what you thought you saw. <laughs> Let me show you real quick. Let me show you. The boomers, you know, there's a separation. And this, I'm all coming back. It seems like I'm getting off track. There's a reason why the millennials and the Generation Zs don't want to hear about God from the boomers. And it's going to make you mad, boomers. Just chill, okay? You know what? There's two separations between the boomers and everybody else. You know what one of them is? The landing on the moon. Yeah. The landing on the moon. For every, every boomer in here, you're like, What? I remember when they took us out of school. I remember when we watched it on the TV. I, I remember it was, we had parades and people got to go down ticker tape parade. It was great. We had posters and we all bought Wheaties and ate Tang or drank Tang. Yeah. Do they even have Tang anymore? Anyway, I'm getting back on track. Everybody else, Generation Z, Millennials, and, and, and uh, Generation Z, Millennials, and Generation X, we got some questions. Like, you saw them land on the moon? No, you watched your TV while they landed on the moon. This is going to make somebody mad. This is going to tick somebody off. Like, okay, no, 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 we saw it on TV. Okay, okay, okay. Like, in color. Oh, no, black and white. Like, how big was your TV? It was about this big. About this big. And now, am I right? Am I right for all the millennials, for all the Generation Zs? Let's make them really mad. Am I right? Yes. Okay. 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 You know, you know the other thing that separates these? 9-11. Do y'all remember? And this is talking to me and the boomers. Do you remember where you were when the planes hit the tower? Do you remember where you were when the towers fell down? Did you know that they weren't even born yet? And so when we start talking to them about all that God's done in our life, but they have questions because in their short amount of time on earth, there has been some things that they look at us and said, you couldn't figure out that? Not, not talking about the moon, not talking about, but there's been some conspiracy. There's been some dishonesty in our nation. And our kids get here and they go, y'all didn't see that coming? Y'all, y'all couldn't say nothing. Let me just tell you, for every boomer and Generation X person here that says, we live in the worst time in American history. Oh, stop it. I have seen what the 60s were like, and I can't believe any of you made it out alive through the 60s. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, you're crazy if you think that today's worse than the 60s. 
and the 70s was almost as bad as the 60s. And what happens is, is when we want to talk to them about our relationship with God, they wonder if we really have a relationship with God for the right reason. I'm putting this out there so we can talk about it. Because in today's message, we're talking about having a faith in God. And do y'all realize it has to be bigger than a moon landing? It has to be bigger than because you're an American? It has to be bigger than because we go to church? Or we're Catholic? Or we're Baptist? Or we're Methodist? Or we're cowboy church? It has to be bigger than those reasons. But those have always been our reasons. But it's it's not for them. But Proverbs shines this light and says, hey guys, in all of this, it doesn't matter. We were here before you were here. And that's why these ancient books are so important because they're asking the questions and they're giving the answers that make every one of us shut up and stop and pause and they are speaking into our life and they're saying things that we need to be listening to. And the things that we need to be listening to and what today is all about is what does a good life look like and do you put, do you put your faith and your trust in God. Because no matter how this world goes, and no matter how the generations separate, and no matter if there's a breakdown in communication, there is still this thread in life that says there is a good life. You will experience a good life. You will know God's best for your life when you have your faith and your trust in God. And you can't get away from these, spe- these sayings that are coming into our life and speaking to you as an individual, not to us as a group, but to you as an individual and is saying, it doesn't matter what your parents told you. It doesn't matter what they saw. You, it's fo- life is focusing on you right now. And wouldn't you want to know that there's a creator of the universe who has a plan for your life? And wouldn't you want to know what that plan is? Then you have to put your faith and your trust in God. I'd like to show you some of my favorite verses found in these ancient scriptures. The first one, for some of you, you're going to sit back and go, ooh, that one's mine too. Let me tell you what. My mama, Maggie Bean, she's probably watching right now, Mama Bean, Gigi Bean, okay, taught me the first scripture, the 23rd Psalm. Anybody else know the 23rd Psalm first? You know what my second one was? This one right here. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. This scripture right here, for all of our college kids, has assisted me in choosing every good choice I have ever made in my entire life. There were times I didn't know what to do, and I got away and just went and walked and prayed, and I said this verse over and over and over again, and it goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding but in all of your ways you'll acknowledge him and he will direct your paths but it doesn't stop there the author of Proverbs continues to write and he says do not be wise in your own eyes 
but fear the Lord and shun evil. This has spoke to me in so many ways because when I didn't know what to do, this scripture reminded me that God knew exactly what I needed to do. And it reminded me that God's not bashful, that if I seek him with all of my heart, I would find him. And there's some key parts that as I've gotten older, I've, I've, I've I slowed down. Trust in the Lord. And then it says this, with what? All of your heart. Not half of your heart or subject to popular opinion heart. But when you search the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge, God, you are the first and the foremost. There are a lot of voices that want to speak into my life. There's a lot of opinions in my life. Heck, I've got a lot of opinions I, 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 me, 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 and I want to just, just cancel out everything. And I'm acknowledging you with all of my heart. He will make your paths straight. This wasn't written last week. It wasn't written by me. This verse is thousands and thousands of years old. And it is the words that has directed people in following the chukmah of God to know that God has put it all together and he will put it all together for you too. Do not be wise. Last week we talked about arrogance. Arrogance will cancel out the voice of God in your life. But humility will always welcome God's presence into your life. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This isn't the only Proverbs written. Here's another Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 17, it says this. Pay attention and listen to these sayings of mine, which is the Proverbs. Okay? So Proverbs is the sayings. Okay? Listen closely to what I have to say. This is what God has taught me, and it's what I'm going to teach you too. He says, pay attention, listen closely to these Proverbs of, of mine. Apply your heart to what I am teaching. For it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips so that your trust, everybody say trust, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I teach you today, even you. And I always found that funny as a kid. I thought that's God saying, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, even you. We've got to focus that there is a behind-the-scenes path that nobody takes, but God is saying, trust me in this path. It's my chukmah. Come follow me. Come follow me. And I'll show you what a good life looks like. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 5, it says this, The fear of man brings a snare. Very interesting. But whoever puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Sometimes we get so insecure, we fear men more than fear of missing out on what God has for us. We would rather give people a yes and God a no. And at some point, God is going to deal with your heart about choosing his best over somebody else's opinion. Proverbs goes on. Another proverb says this, Have no fear of sudden disaster or of ruin, 
that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. I'm going to introduce you to a new word. Uh, confidence is kind of a fun one in our family. Uh, we don't talk about confidence a lot. We use a different word. It's because it's fun. We've kind of progressed uh, confidence in the Lord. We call it Godfidence now. So let me tell you why this is such a big deal. I know you may think that's corny. That's totally cool. I'm a dad. I'm used to it. Okay? The reason Godfidence is such a cool word for us in, our, in the bean home is because when my son, my teenage boy, comes home and he's like, Dad, everybody was like, this, this, this. I'm, Hey, dude, you've got to have some Godfidence. And instantly he knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's like pull your shoulders back, suck your tummy in. You stand tall, boy. And it's not because you have confidence in yourself, but we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways we acknowledge Him. And you know what? He will direct our paths. And he says, yeah, d- Dad, but, but. You got, have you guys got, got a big butt in your home too? <laughs> we got a big butt in our home. And sometimes it's our teenage boys. Sometimes it's me. I'm, I can be a big butt too. And, and it, it, yeah, but. I'm like, come on. We've got to have some confidence, And it may be a lot of hevel right now. And it may be a lot of smoke in the room. We may have a lot of questions. And there's a lot of things that are unanswered. But do we not trust in the Lord with all of our heart? And it's the one thing to know that even if I don't know what to do, I can trust in the Lord with all of my heart and lean not on my own understandings, but in all of my ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct my path. And that's called confidence in our God. And I call it Godfidence. There's another verse. 30 verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Why do I bring this up? Because sometimes we question God's Bible, His Word. And I'm going to just tell you, it is true. It is real. And it will speak to you if you let it. I can make you a promise. If you keep coming to Cowboy Junction every week, we're going to continue to open His Word and find the thread of chokmah that brings the real into our life. Okay? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. And this is the very last one. He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. And for his children, it will be a refuge. As a dad, I kind of thought parenting would be a piece of cake. I'm going to show my parents how to do it. Uh, not, now I'm asking my parents' advice. What, what do you do? And, and um, the reason why this scripture means so much to me, there's a lot of things I want to give my kids that I'm unable to give my kids. But the one thing that has directed our family in some of the greatest choices we have ever made is having a fear of the Lord. And it's not a fear that we ran from Him. It was a fear, I want you to watch this, okay? That we honor Him. And as our family has honored Him, He has directed our steps. Uh, let me go back to four things, and we're going to wrap this up. A minute ago, I brought up these things. The, the, the four landmarks. Four landmarks. Four landmarks. Uh, every person in this room is somewhere here. Uh, in my own life, 
Christ-centered is where I want to be. It has taken so many steps to get to the place to being able to focus on Him to be the center of everything of who I am. But it started with just being close with Christ. It, maybe that's where you are today. You feel so close to God. But what if one step took you to making Him the center of your life? Same, same thing. Perhaps you're growing in Christ. There's just been this faith that takes place and you've, you've, you, you truly can say, I believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. But what if you begin to become close to Him? Let me tell you, they didn't write a book about Heather. Heather's my wife. She's amazing. If you've never met her, she is awesome. Ladies, you've got to have her go take you to coffee. She'll pay for it. Okay? <laughs> so cool she, you love my wife she's beautiful she's tall she's blonde she's a cheerleader all the cheerleaders that are here she's a cheerleader like she's so awesome <laughs> heather's so cool okay she's a great teacher she wrote a great devotional but the thing about this is they didn't write a book about heather i would have read it so when we got married i just had to get close to her to get to know her that turned out to be one of the coolest things that kept us together. Because I didn't read a book about her. I experienced her. I know her loves. I know her likes. I know her dislikes. I, I've searched her heart. And this is the same thing that, that you can sit down and read your Bible and you will become a growing in Christ individual. There's this point that you just have to just get close to him. To love what he loves, to do what he does, to go to where he's asking you to go, and that takes faith. But you know what? It's just one step. One step. And then the last and final one. Maybe you're in this room and this whole God thing is brand new to you. You came to the good place. We love the fact that you're here. Honestly. We know you got questions. You got questions of why did this happen? And why does, if God's so big, why does he do this? And, and then the, the age-old college question, if God's so big, can he make a rock so big that he can't pick it up? Hmm. What about hurts that's taken place in your life? And what about the dinosaurs? And maybe you're just exploring, but let me just tell you this real quick. Everybody who has ever been here, like you look at their life and they have just got a faith that you go, gosh, if I could only believe in God like that, if I could only believe in God, if I could only pray like they pray, if I could only read Scripture like they, if I could only just love people the way they love people, there has never been a person here that didn't start here first. And all we're asking you to do is consider the possibility of taking one step not to a church, not a denomination, not a people, but take one step and to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. To lean not on your own understandings, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him. And I'll make you a promise. You'll begin to find that He will direct your path. Can I get you to pray?
Father, we just love you. And I thank you for who you are and what you're doing. It's such an honor, a complete honor and privilege to have some guests here today. They are guests in our church, but you've known them ever since you made them. Father, there's some in the room that they don't feel like they've even invited the question of if there's room for you in their life. But today's a little different because of an invitation, because of something that has taken place. They're here today. And Father, through this whole message, I have been praying, even before they got here, that you would begin to knock on the door of their heart. And if they could really pay attention right now, you are knocking on the door of their heart and it's their choice on whether they let you in or not. Father, today I pray that every one of us would take a look at where we're at and are we willing to take one step? One step. For some, it's to make you the center of our life. For others in this room, it's just simply to believe We have never truly believed in today. That's what we need to do. So Father, today I pray that you'd open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive and everything that you want to do, Father, I pray that you would do. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I mean, the reason I I say that is because I, I just want you to just take a moment and understand that the only three in your life right now is you, God who's been speaking to you this whole time, and me who's kind of been the coach, taking instructions from the owner. And it's been, it's been us. And I, I want to really ask you a question with every head bowed because of your privacy, but do you need Jesus? At some point in this message today, did you say, I want everything he's talking about. I want to get close to God. I want to know the things he has for me. I want to trust him with all of my heart. And let me just stop and tell you, at one point when I was a young man, an old man stopped in the middle of a service and asked me that question. And I remember I responded and I said yes to him. And my life has never been the same And I want to do something to you that was done to me. I want to give you an opportunity. And I want to ask you this question. Is there a a God-sized hole in your heart? Like it's just just empty. And we can fix that. God is sitting on the edge of heaven ready right now. And he's going to respond to the next words you say. And what if? What if you said, God, I need you. And what if God responded with that simple prayer? But I want to know who I'm talking to, okay? Because sometimes I just don't know who I'm talking to. So let me ask this question. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if this is you. And all you're going to do is you're going to raise it. You're going to look up at, at me. You're going to see my eyes. I'm going to wave at you. You're going to put your hand back down. Nobody will know you did it but me and God. And this is just so I know who I'm talking about. But if you're in this place today and you say, Ty, I need Jesus... There is a pain in my heart. There is a, there's regrets. There is, I can see my life getting off course. 
But I feel like today is a complete turnaround from anything that this world would take from me. God wants to take me a completely different direction. And this is the defining day on the day that I say, God, I need you in my life. So I want to pray with you, but I want to know who I'm praying with. And we're going to ask him to do all the things he can do. But right now, if you would say, Ty, that's me. I want to pray that prayer. Will you do me a favor? On the count of three, would you raise your hand? Nobody else is going to see it, just me and you. And I want you to look up at me, and I'm going to be looking at you. But this gives me the confidence, the confidence that we're on the same page. Would you like to invite the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator of the universe, to be your God? If so, would you just raise your hand and look at me right now? Pop it up. Yep, I see you. I see you. Right over here, I see you. Anybody else? I see you. Yep. Anybody else? Anybody? Hi, you guys. Gosh, look at you guys. That's so cool. My gosh, I see you over there. That's so awesome. I see you. I see you in the back. Holy moly, that's so cool. Okay, after you raise your hand, look at me. Put it down. If you don't think I saw you, raise your hand again. I see you over there. I see you. Anybody else? Gosh, I bet there's 20, 25. I see you. I see you. That's so cool. But you know what? God sees you too. So sometimes as young Christians, we don't know how to pray. What do I say? I want you to say these words. But don't repeat them. Make them your words. You ready? Here we go. Church, let's help. Jesus. I need you. I struggle with believing. But today, I step out in faith and even confess. I don't understand, but I trust. And I trust that you have a better plan. I could never do a good, as good a job as you could do with my life. So here's what I want to tell you. Forgive me. Forgive me for every time I chose something else and I didn't choose you. I pray that your blood would wash away my sins. Show me what that means. May your spirit speak to my heart. I love you. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, guys. That is so cool. What? 45? 30? 25? Wow. There were just 25 people who accepted Jesus as their Savior. Yeah. Okay. So listen. Even like right now, you're like, we just prayed Jesus' blood is over my life. Is that right? Can you do stuff like that? Okay, time out. There's all kinds of questions that are going to go through your head. But here's what we know. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge Him, and He will direct our path. In time, you have all the answers to the questions that you have about faith, about God, about time, about everything. But what you need to do today is realize that we started this off by talking about what does a good life look like? And you chose God's plan for your life today. And that's all you need to worry about.
right now. Let me show you what you just did. You ready? You just did that. That's what faith looks like. And if you wake up tomorrow and do that, and you do that, and you do that, you got some funky dance moves like I do, but you'll be moving forward as well. Let's stand to our feet. If today you accepted Christ as your Savior, I don't know how we're going to do this. Oh my gosh, I'm so out of time. College kids, listen to me. We want to get you a basket. You go back there and get that basket. If you haven't texted in uh, yet, listen, we'll take care of it back there. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, and today you did it, Pastor Jeff is going to grab everything back there and go back there to where the baskets are. And you just go from a basket straight to where Pastor Jeff is, And he's going to give you a Bible. He's going to give you a CD to tell you what you just did. You're going to get to do something really cool with him. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Our prayer team's over here. Let's give our college kids a big round of applause for being here. It's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. You guys have a great week in the Lord. See you later.